Amen. Listen, we've been uh, talking in depth about faith for about the last three to four weeks. Uh, and we have been doing everything that we can to give you a really solid base, a really firm foundation about what faith is Amen. and what you need to do in order to develop that faith. Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to be talking about how do we turn that faith loose. Now, listen, if you've been with us the last three or four weeks and you understand we started this series entitled Faith Fundamentals, we've taught two messages on Faith Fundamentals, Faith Fundamentals Part 1 and Faith Fundamentals Part 2. We also spent time uh, on Wednesday night, several Wednesday nights, where uh, I had an opportunity to come and share with you. And we talked about the foundations of faith. We also came and we talked about how to develop that faith. Why? Because we started this series with the goal of answering three particular questions. What were those three particular questions? They're on your screen, but I hope you know what they are. What, what is faith? faith? Okay, and we talked about what is faith, and we just you just saw we gave you our working definition of that. And then number two, we said, okay, how do we develop our faith? Because we found out that we were talking about what is faith, that God has given to every man the measure of faith. In the same way that, that everybody has abs, those abs have to be developed if you want them to be seen in a particular way. So the same thing is true with our faith. Our faith must be developed. God has given us the measure of faith, but we must then become responsible citizens of the kingdom mm -hmm. to develop that faith. And so then we talked, uh, Pastor Raph talked on last Wednesday about faith being made perfect. And then we talked at the huddle, which is why you really should have been there. Uh, but if you didn't, you can watch our Sunday morning service. We talked about some practical steps for developing your faith because your faith is not going to grow automatically. It will not. It just doesn't. In, in, in fact, somebody go ahead and type that in the comment. Say faith doesn't grow automatically. Faith doesn't grow automatically. It's not like you are a child and every day you live, you get older. That's not how faith works. Faith must be developed and you must be instructed in mm -hmm. faith. And we talked about the necessity of being instructed in faith. And we talked about the reason at our ministry we do not despise repetitive teaching is because we understand that we must be instructed. And to be instructed in something is not just hearing it one time. It's actually hearing it a lot of times and then having the opportunity to practice what you have heard. And so today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about how do we use our faith or how do we turn our faith loose? How do we embrace the power of God's word? And so if you were on Wednesday night, Pastor Ralph kind of alluded to the fact of what these five things were uh, when he was talking about um, Talking about, we were talking about uh, perfect, having faith having being perfect in your life, faith being perfect in your life. And so, what we're going to do is sit down today and we're just going to methodically go through uh, these particular things that you have to learn to do if you're going to turn your faith loose. And nobody's turning your faith loose for you. OK, it's, it's, I, I want to put that out there. I want you to be clear. I want you to understand that if you're going to live a life that is led by faith, not by circumstance, not by what you can manufacture, but a life that is led by faith, you have to do it yourself. And when I say yourself, I don't mean absent of Holy Spirit. I mean absent of your friends, absent of your family. Nobody's going to come in and pick you up and make you live a life of faith. Come on. You have to make a decision that is important for you to know what faith is 
it's important for you to know how to develop your faith. And most importantly, or least as, as important as one and two, is you learn how to turn that faith loose and embrace the power of God so that it works in your life. That is so good. I was thinking about this on the drive over and I was thinking about um, that we always say what faith starts where the will of God is known, yes. which is why we always start with the question, what, what did, did God, God say? say? What did God say about you? Mm -hmm. What did God say about your situation? What did God say about your career? What did God say about your health? And the reality of it is, is that until you know that you cannot be in faith. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying they don't like to shop and they were saying they have a kid that's getting ready to go back to school. And so they released their faith that they didn't have to go shopping. And I said, you can't release your faith that you don't have to take your kids shopping or you're not responsible for doing the work for the shopping. You don't have a scripture that tells you that. The closest thing that you can find is that the virtuous woman had servants and that you can pray that God raises up somebody or helps you find somebody who enjoys doing the thing that you don't want to do. But you can't just say, I don't like um, if you were a farmer, for example, you can't just say, um, I don't like plowing the ground. And so I believe the corn is going to be planted just because I released my faith. The late great Dr. Fred Price says that's foolishness and it's presumption. And many times people in the body of Christ are frustrated because you decided you wanted something, but you did not get any instruction from the Lord on number one, whether that was his will of God for your life and two, how it was supposed to get done. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about specifically that God used a word Tell your neighbor, God is always going to use a word to change it. God is always going to use a word to change it. I need all of y'all to put that in the comments. Yeah. God is always going to use a word to change it. And the enemy is always going to use a word to destroy it. Mm -hmm. So we always talk about our marriage because the word that the Lord gave me was this. Sean, if you do it my way, I will give you a marriage that is days of heaven on earth. That word has led me for the last 25 years. Many people, even when they're trying to change their marriage, they don't have a word from God. Right. They do not have a word from God. God showed me in scripture that it was his will for us, his children, to live days of heaven on earth. He said, if you, so what is he telling me, Sean? He's saying, Sean, I want you and Edwin to have a marriage that is days of heaven on earth, right? And the only way to get it is that you have to do it my way. Mm -hmm. So that now means that over the course of 25 years, right? Everything we learned about communicating, everything we learned about apologizing, everything we learned about working together, right? Everything we learned about forgiving each other um, easily, that came based on a word. All of our decisions, I want you to hear this. Our decision is bigger. Our decision to have a healthy, happy marriage is bigger than we love each other. Mm -hmm. It is bigger than we like each other. 
It is bigger than there are things we want to do now that our kids are almost all grown. It is we literally have a word from God that he would give us days of heaven on earth. So for 25 years, what has guarded our decision making is this word from God. And even when we didn't always make the right decisions. Right. That word became an anchor for the soul. Come on. Our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, our intellect, which means that in my imagination, I never saw myself divorcing you. Well, I never saw myself leaving you. I never saw us not being together. I never saw myself with somebody else. I never saw you with someone else. I never saw our kids being uh, divided in a house. Why? Because even though there were times that, that I wasn't making good decisions and you may not have been making good decisions and we were absolutely getting on each other's nerve, there was a word there that was anchoring us. And many people are living their life without a word to anchor them. Without a word to anchor And so them. it's like when the waves of the sea come and you don't have an anchor, you're just carried away with whatever the direction of the current or the waves is going. That's good. Uh, and so many people live their relationships that way. Their finances are that way. Their health is that way. Their mind is that way. And just however the waves come in life is the direction they're being taken because they don't have a word that is anchoring them. And you need a word for every area of your life. And it's not like God's being elusive. It's not like he doesn't want to give a heal word. In fact, we say this all the time. God is what? Always speaking. He is always speaking. And because he's always speaking, all you have to do is settle yourself long enough to get in his presence and to hear what he has to say. It has to be, though, you ain't going to him to get him to confirm a desire that you've already premeditated. You can't already have a premeditated desire and go to God and say, God, this is what I want you to bless. It's got to be, God, what do you want me to do? Is there a reason? We ask that question so often. God, is there a reason we shouldn't do this? God, this is what we feel like is in our heart. We feel like you put it there because we know you're in our heart. But is there a reason we shouldn't do it? Or is there a reason we shouldn't do it now? Or is there a reason we shouldn't do it this way? And you get direction from God because one of the faith expectations you can always have when you are in faith is a plan of action. It's a plan God. of action. And I think that there are two things. And I want you guys to chime in here. There are two reasons that I see that believers are disappointed. Okay. Two reasons I see that they're disappointed. Number one, the reason that I see that believers are disappointed is because you thought because you wanted it, God had to bless it. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot. You, you decided you wanted to marry this person. This person was against the will of God for your life. You decided to marry them and you thought you could pray your way into victory. And God is not obligated to bless our decisions. God is only obligated to bless our his word. I told this young lady the other day, she was saying it because, because I think this is a very important distinction to make. God is not good. Because he does what you say. Hmm. God is good because he keeps his word. And there is a big dis dis distinction because there are many believers that only think that God is good when you get your way. So you get the person you wanted to be with. You get the house that you wanted. You get to live where you want to live. And so then you say God is good. That is not the measure that determines that God is good. God is good because he keeps his word, his word, not because he follows our decision yeah. making. Yeah. This is why it's so important for us to remember in Psalms that tell us, know not that we did not make him, but it is he that has made us and we did not make ourselves, mm -hmm. right? 
The other reason that I see that people are disappointed is because you did not have a word. You do not know how to stand in adversity. Mm. I said it last week. Ease does not mean that it is good. It's God. And difficulty does not mean that it is not. Ease does not mean that it is God and difficulty does not mean that it is not. And it is important for us to have a word because that word, every word of God, I want you to write this on your paper. I want you to put this on your Facebook status. I want you to put this on your note. Every word of God is designed to protect and prosper his people. Amen. Amen. Every, every word, word of, of God, God is designed. Is designed to prosper and to protect his people. Mm -hmm. You ought to give God some praise for that. You ought to be going crazy in the comments for that. So you mean to tell me that when God says no to the job, it is to protect you and to prosper you. Mm -hmm. When God says don't date the person, it is to protect you and to prosper you. When God says to forgive quickly, it is to protect and to prosper you. When God says go here, don't go there, it is to protect and to prosper you. You mean to tell me that God is so mindful of us that every single word he speaks is to protect me and to prosper me yes. tell your neighbor please stop fighting against your protection and your prosperity mm -hmm. please stop fighting again the even seed time and harvest it is designed to protect me and to prosper me mm -hmm. ecclesiastes said it's like this you don't know what evil is going to be on earth I'm telling you to sow and to work because you don't know which one is going to prosper you in the season. But if you do them both, you will prosper. Mm -hmm. Every word of God is designed to prosper and protect me. Now we're going to give you these five things, how you lose your faith, mm -hmm. because that's like the pre-work to understand this. See, because when you don't understand that every word of God is designed to prosper you, and is designed to protect you, you're going to fight against number one. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You, you, no. you kind of got it. You just you were really just telling them, but go ahead and, and explicitly explain what number one is. Number one is to hear the word. Mm -hmm. You got to hear, hear word, the word, the word of God the from the Bible and also God. his audible voice. And his audible yes. voice. Romans 10 and 17 tells mm -hmm. us faith comes by hearing. Yes. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. The reason that many believers are entrenched in lies is you have heard everybody's voice but God. The reason that some of you have settled in places, you are in relationships, you are in jobs that are not for you. You are living in the pig pen when you are called to the palace. It is because you have not valued the word of God. So when I do not understand that the word is designed to prosper me and to protect me, I will neglect the word. It is it is the job of the enemy. Come on. To flood you with so much information that is counterintuitive and contrary to God's word that he can dilute your faith to such a degree that you have no choice but to believe him. Ooh. Ooh, that's, no, no. That's, Say that's, that again. that's his ultimate job. Say that again. His ultimate job is to bombard all of us with so much information that is counterintuitive and contrary to the will of God 
that it would absolutely dilute our faith, mm. that supernatural power, that supernatural mm. belief, that supernatural force that comes from God that's available for me to bring God's will to pass. He wants to dilute that so bad that I have no choice but to believe him. He, he wants me to be in faith with him. And the way he does that is by feeding me contrary information. I have to choose which one I'm going to believe because I will end up believing one. So I have to choose to either believe God or if my faith gets so diluted, I by default believe the devil. Oh, my God. And, that, and that is what life is. That is what life is about. And we have to determine which one we're going to participate in. We were talking to one of our kids last night and I, we were asking them one of the questions we asked is, are you spending time in the word? And they said, I'm doing my daily verse. And we said, your daily verse is not enough to anchor you. Nope, it's not. Your daily verse is not enough to anchor you. And here is the deception. Even that, at daily devotionals. It not is enough. not enough to anchor you. And here is the deception that many of you have. The deception that many of you operate in is God is giving you a vision that's so big that it justifies not being in the word. Mm -hmm. That God is giving you so much to do that it justifies not being in the word. Oh, but Pastor Sean, I'm so busy taking care of my husband. I'm so busy taking care of my family. I'm so busy going back to school. I'm so busy. I'm so busy doing X, Y, and Z. God, God would never give you a vision that consumes you so much that you do not have time to hear his voice. Yep. That is a deception. It is a lie from the pit of the enemy. I, we see even pastors that are exhausted because you are doing the work of the ministry without the voice of God. Mm -hmm. We laugh about this all the time. We are rarely exhausted. Yeah. We are rarely exhausted. Especially not for ministry. And especially not for ministry. Because at the end of the day, if God don't help us, What's gonna, the rest of it, guys? It's gonna if fail. God don't help us, it's going to fail, anyway. fail anyway. It's going to fail anyway. There is nothing we have to do that is more important. Right. There is, put this in the comments, reset your purpose and your faith. Yep. There is nothing more important that I have to do than to hear the voice of God. Nothing. Put it in the comments. It is number I one. Am, I, there is nothing I have to do. There is not one single solitary thing you can't even raise your kids well without a word from God. Well, that's why he says, look at that in Psalms 119. Psalms 119, 105, he says, Lord, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You don't even know where you're going if you don't have the word. You don't even know what you don't even know what it is that you are doing if you don't have God's word illuminating where your feature somebody stand. say preach pastor you don't even you know. ought to share this do you hear what I'm saying do you see your deception yes you love your spouse yes you love your kids yes you are working a job but understand this the deception is that those things are more important than the word of God. Put that scripture back up there. How the heck do you even know where you're going without instruction from the Lord? Mm -hmm. How do you even know where you're going? How, how do you know where you're going? Why do so, I have to hear word? Because I know where to go. So I know where to go. <laughs> so I know what my path is. He says, Lord, your word is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. I only know where I'm going and what I'm supposed to be doing because your word has instructed me. I, Jesus said it like this. He said, I only do what I see the father doing 
And I only say what I hear the father saying. And so many believers are exhausted because you are doing and saying everything other than the word of God. Yeah. Do you understand what we're saying to you? Every word of God is designed to prosper you and to protect you. Mm -hmm. If you neglect the word, you are left to the world system for prosperity and protection. Absolutely. And the world system for prosperity and protection is inferior. It sucks. John 8 and 31 and 38, John 8, 31 and 32 tells us, Jesus says, if we abide in your word, it says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, abide. if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples mm -hmm. indeed? And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus clearly tells us Jesus clearly tells us it is not just the hearing of the word. It is the continued hearing of the word that produces freedom for us. If you continue in my word, the word is going to get in you and that word is going to become truth. And that truth is going to produce freedom in your life. And you have to. And when you read your word, you have to ask questions. Why would Jesus say this to his disciples? Why would he say to them that? Why would he say to them, if you continue or if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? And the connection piece, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Why would Jesus say that? He says that because in essence, what he wants them to understand is that if they will immerse themselves in his word. Right. If they will immerse themselves in 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 the word that he shared with them that he will share with them that that truth would shape their thinking that truth would shape their faith it would strengthen their faith and it would align make sure that our lives are aligned with god there is so much distruth out there so there, many there, lies there are so many lies out there jesus says i need you to abide in my word so that all you ever find yourself living in it's truth. It's true. Because then what that truth will do, it'll shape your thinking. Then what that truth will do, it will strengthen your faith. Then what that truth will do, it will align you with my purpose. And why do we want to be aligned with God's purpose? Because that is where faith begins. It begins with the will of God being known. Because what is faith? Well, we know it's that supernatural power force of belief that does what? Come from God to who? The believer to do what? Bring his will to pass. It's, 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 this is one of this is this is one of those lessons where you ought to study and you ought to be able to make a hundred. It's almost like an open book test. If you've been with us for the last three weeks, we ought to be able to put a test together, give it to you, and and proctor you while you take this test, and you ought to make a hundred on it. If you don't make a hundred of them, you ought to go back and listen to all the all the messages all over again. Well, here's the thing. It's going to be a test. Yes. Now it's we may not give test, it, to it, but, but the world will give it to the you. The world is going to give yeah. you a test. Listen, it's not in our notes. But the Bible tells us in 3 John, John is John the beloved. He is the only disciple, apostle who lives to be an old age. He is the only one. And it says that in the third in third John 2, we always read verse 2 that says, Beloved above all things, I wish you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Mm -hmm. But verse 4 says, I delight to hear that my children walk in, in truth. truth. God is so delighted when we walk in truth 
because there is no freedom without truth. Mm -hmm. There is no truth. And many of us are settling for false freedom. Mm -hmm. We are settling for the wrong life. We are settling for the pig pen life because we are not walking in truth. Mm -hmm. You are walking in fact regarding your marriage. Mm -hmm. You are walking in fact regarding your health. You are walking in fact regarding your finances. You are called to walk in truth because the truth of God will trump any fact. This morning, I was saying to you, I was so aggravated about this. I am in this local autism awareness group, right? And it's for parents that are helping their kids. And I was so frustrated because I was listening. I was reading their comments and there were people whose kids were just diagnosed with autism at 15 and 16, 17 years old. And they were saying how the doctor said that they could never go to college. And I'm like, your kid has been doing reasonably well in school. And now you let somebody else come in, stick a diagnosis on them and tell them what their limitations are instead of asking God what the possibilities are. And I just wanted to preach the word of faith to them, except it wasn't my group and it wasn't my space to do that. But how many of you, you have stayed in some place, you have stayed in a job, you have stayed in a marriage in a state that it's in, you have stayed in a situation because you have been, you have believed these lies of the enemy that you have been bombarded with and you believe them more than you believe the word of God. And therefore you cannot bring the will of God into your life even though God is desiring, begging, beseeching, and pleading that you be instructed in faith so that you can change your life. When you said, when you were talking about that this morning, I, I started, I heard Holy Spirit say labels. And I was thinking about labels. And labels are designed to tell us the expectation of our livelihood. Mm. That's what labels are designed to do. That's the reason we use labels. We use labels in our marriage. We use labels in our life. What do we say? We're world overcomers. That's a label. That's a label. We're more than a, we're, we're more champions. than conquerors. We're champions. We're, we're labels. So we have to understand we're not going to get away from labels. But what you have to make sure is that you don't attach yourself to a label that is self-limiting. You don't attach yourself to a label that, that does not come from God's word because any label that does not come from God's word is self-limiting. And even if it sounds positive, it's still self-limiting because it doesn't have the power, the force or the belief behind it in order to make you live at the level God calls you to live in. You and so 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 that's extremely important, which which really gets us into point number two. Point two. After we hear word, we have to believe and, and receive. receive. We have to believe and receive. So part of turning our faith loose begins with and with begins with and receiving the promises of God. Well, what do we get those promises from? The word of God. The word of God. That's why you got to have more than just a Bible verse a day. It's why you got to do more than a half a page of devotional a day. You need to be in your word on a purposeful study journey for your life every day of the every day. I ain't saying you got to spend six, eight hours, but you ought to be spending at least the time you devote to an hour TV show in your word. Give, give the Lord 124th of your day and spend some time in that word. You know, we've, we've read many, many times, Mark 11, 22 and 24, and we'll come back to it. But Hebrews 11 and 1 says this. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. I like what it says, though, in the Amplified. And I keep reading it over and over and over because it says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed and the confirmation of things hoped for 
Divinely guaranteed. Divinely. Divinely guaranteed. Yes. And so how do I know when I'm in faith and I can have something that is divinely guaranteed? Come on. Well, we look at Mark 11, 22 through 24. Jesus teaches this. In Mark 11, 22 through 24, he says, Jesus answered, said unto them, have faith in God. Look have at that. Faith have God. faith in God. And what we know, what he literally means is not believe that God exists. He says, have the God kind of faith. Have the kind of faith that God had. Have the kind of faith that, that Jesus displayed when he spoke to the fig tree. And he said, no man shall eat from you again. And the disciples heard it. And they left. And then they came back the next day. And they were amazed, the Bible says, because the fig tree had started to dry up from its root. And Jesus was like, what? Did you not believe what I said? When I said, no man shall eat for you again, it was dead then. It didn't matter what it looked like. It was already dead because I had spoke the word. Jesus says, if you have that kind of faith, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. That's the key right there. Don't miss that. Shall not have doubt and unbelief in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, what are you saying it based on? It better be based on God's it's based word. based on the word. Which shall, it says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Based on what? God's word. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, based on God's word, when you pray, based on God's word, believe that you receive them, based on God's word, and you shall have them, based on God's word. So literally in my Thompson Chain reference, I actually have that comment written in there. Based on God's based word. On God's Put that word. in the comments. Based on God's it word. It is based on God's word. Now, I'll give you a good example. This is what this lady told me. Um, This lady was talking about learning how to walk by faith, right? She got married. She They did the right things. They went to premarital counseling, all of these different things. And her husband turned violent when they got married, mm -hmm. right? She said, everybody was saying, just stay and pray, right? She said, she asked the Lord, can I turn this marriage around? And the Holy Spirit said to her, if you stay, he will kill you. See, that's a word right there. If you stay, he will kill you. She says, so based on that based word. Based on God's word, I got the heck up. She, she I hope got she get, I hope out the of end there. Of his story, she got she the heck got up out of there. out of there. And she ended up having to get a restraining order on him because he came to her house and pulled a gun on her. Mm -hmm. That is why you can't just go, you know, God, I know God want me to have this job. I know God want me to be married to this person. No, I need to know the will of God for my life. Mm -hmm. And let me, I want you to put this in the comments. Once I find out I'm not in the will of God, here's the only thing I want you to do. Run. Yep. When, once I find out I'm not in the will of God, what do I want you to do? Run. Because how do you fix not being in the will of God? Run to the, run will, to of the will of God. You run to the That's will of God. That's how you fix it. You run to the will of God. And it don't matter what somebody going to say. It don't matter what it looked like. Forget about your reputation. All you need to be doing is finding yourself in the midst of God's will. You find yourself outside of God's will. Do whatever you need to do to run, run and get you back in God's run will. Back. You run back. If you find out that you're in a job that's not the will of God, you run to another job. Yes. You find out you're living in a house that you shouldn't be in, you run to another house. You run to God's will. 
you believe you receive. Once is anybody running back to the will of God right now that you're sitting here and you're going, man, I have cared too much what people think about me. I have cared too much about my reputation. I have cared too much about what I where I thought I was going to be. I am running back to the will of God. I am running to God's will. I don't care if you think I look crazy. I don't care if you don't think it don't take all of that. I am running to God's will. That is how we believe and we receive. Amen. We run to the will of God. Amen. If you're running to the will of God today, let me see a two in the comments. So number one, we got to hear the word. Number two, we got to believe that we receive. And number three, we have to speak the word. Literally. We have to speak the word. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we talk about is how important it is. And we know this can be irritating. When you are learning to only speak kingdom language, it is so irritating the level that your language needs to be checked. Yep. It is irritating. But we have made a decision to speak the word. It does me no good Zero. for me to pray for my children to walk with the Lord and get out of prayer and say anything about this. Use my words as a weapon to destroy what I just said. The Bible says it like this. It's not in the notes. The Bible says that the sweet water and bitter water Should cannot come, come from the same, same fountain. fountain. It says, how can it be? Sweet and bitter can't come from the same place. How am I using my mouth to declare prosperity, protection, and blessings on my family? And then they do something, and then I use that same mouth to agree with the dumb stuff they just did. I, I can't do it. I have to, I ha and, and we said this earlier, faith doesn't exclude facts. What faith does is speak truth to facts. So maybe it is true that they are living an unsaved life. I don't call them unsaved heathen. I call them saved and, de and delivered and living for Jesus. And I do it by faith. And I do it. Anybody want to repent? If you want to repent, you want to run back to the will of God, you can put a three in the comment. I just saw that, Pastor. I just saw that I pray for finances and then I get up and I talk about how nothing's changing in my life. Yes. I pray for a better job and I get up and talk about how nobody's hiring. I pray for all of these things and I get up and say something other than God has said. Many of you need to study to be quiet. I'm going to give you an illustration. I think you can get this because the Lord shared it with me one time and it, it was so powerful. It always stuck. And maybe if it doesn't help anybody but one person, you'll get this. The Lord said to me one time, he said, you use your mouth. In such a way, I want to show you what it looks like. And it was almost like a parable when he spoke to me about mm. it. He said, imagine you going out and planting a seed to build, to, 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 to grow oak trees. And you're going to use those oak trees to build you a house. Mm. And this house is going to be used to protect your family. But every time you see the tree growing, you take your axe out there and start chopping down at that oak tree. And before you know it, before it can grow and mature and be the, the big round oak tree that it's supposed to be that you could use to build a house, you've now cut it down. He said, that's what you're doing with your words. He says, you plant seed by using my word. I cause it to grow. And as it's growing, you use your word to, to, to chop it down before it ever matures so that it can be used in a manner that I desire to be used in your life. And it was a powerful thing he showed me. And, and I was like, I got to stop chopping down my own trees. 
I got to stop cutting down my own trees. I got to stop planting these seeds on Sunday and Wednesday and then on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday chopping down the tree. I got to use my words. And even when things aren't going well, I got to keep letting the tree grow because eventually if that tree grows, it'll reach maturity. And when I chop it down, then I can use it for its intended purpose, which is to provide shelter for me and my family. The Lord said, that's what I want to do with my word. And you said it this morning. What is God's word always designed to do? To, to provide prosperity. prosperity and protection. It was a tree example he gave me. It's, and, 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 and this is why I talk about that when we're teaching about faith, that sometimes it is very difficult to help believers who have been in church because, you know, um, familiarity can impact faith in a negative mm -hmm. way. You're so you're familiar with the scripture. You're you. I, I hate to use this term because I don't like to use it, but I don't know no other use. You so churchy that you can't walk by faith. Mm. You're so church. I believe I receive, but then you get up and I God, I don't know why it's not working. You have to learn. We have you're chopping down your seeds. And your I trees. am Matthew 13 says it like this. It says, when the word of God is planted, it's the smallest of all mm -hmm. seeds. And it does not look like what oh, it's gonna become. But if you let that but thing if you let grow. it grow up, it's gonna grow up in your whole life. You can live in that seed. 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 And 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 I, I'm not saying we're perfect at this. I am telling you that our commitment to our words, our commitment to never say something against the will of God for our kids, to never say something against the will of God for our finances, to never say no matter something what it's looking of, like, and, and it don't mean that it doesn't look crazy, and it don't mean it ain't look bad at times. And tell the truth. Listen now. What? 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 Because when we <laughs> no no because we had a word because now I'm walking you this through you through you practically and I want you to think about this because if you have any questions because we're gonna wrap this series up today and next week we're gonna start a new series so I want you to hold your questions and if you have some we want to answer them right and it, uh, and so but when we had a word that we would always have a nice house because of the amount of people that we had let stay with us for free, yep. right? During that recession, when you got laid off, yep. I wasn't working and they were calling every day. Let me tell you something. When you behind on your mortgage, some people call you every day, multiple times they a day. Do. They call you every day. Even if you tell them, we're going to pay you on Friday. They they say, they're going to call you. They say, we just got to call. They put you in that rotation. They put you in that rotation and you call until you get the payment. We're the day before where you got, because once you've gone past the 15 days on the payment, you now need two payments in order to it catch was, up. It passed 30 days. It was, it was past, it was a, a month past. Once, you, once anyway, yeah. you got to pay two payments yeah. before they'll take one. Yeah. It's the day before we're now about to need three payments. And we're still walking around the house saying, thank you, God. God, we know you working this for our good. We call the money to us when literally somebody comes to our door and brings us the money. Well, again, I want to go back to the fact we had a word. The word was no matter what happens, you won't lose your house. So it was like, cool. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I heard we knew what God said regarding the house. What did it, was it stressful? Yes. But then you have to go back to, oh, 
it's only stressful because I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. I got to give this back to the person it belongs to. That's, that's how you can catch yourself. You catch it. See, I, I need you to know that everybody is human. I ain't trying to tell you you don't feel stressed, you don't feel pressure. I am trying to get you to understand that when you're feeling stressed, that when you're feeling pressure, it's because you've accepted the role. You've accepted the responsibility. I wasn't the one who said we weren't ever going to lose our house. I, I didn't say that. God said that. So when I felt the pressure, I had to recognize, wait a second, I'm trying to do something I don't have the ability to do. I need to lob this back to the person who made the, de who made the declaration. God, I got to get this back to you. And, and, we, and, and if you still feel the stress, you know you ain't really gave it back yet. When you don't feel that stress anymore, when you get that shalom, when you get that peace, that nothing missing, nothing broken feeling that floods you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, then you know you're in faith. That's when you know you are in faith. That's when you know you are in faith. That's when you know you are in faith. And it does, and, and 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 this is the thing. This is why I'm talking about like people not understanding yeah, right, the value of the word. You got to stand on that ten toes, ten toes down. down. Yes, ma'am. Because the reason some people have been disappointed is that you said you would never lose the house, never lose the marriage, but that ain't what God said. Mm -hmm. That's not what God said. You didn't have a word. You didn't have a word. You had a hope and a and disposition. That you had a desire. Out. Yes. You wanted something, but God never told you that. But the other thing that I think we should really stop and think about just for reflection. Here's a question I want everybody to put in the comments. Why do you want what God doesn't want you to have? Mm. If you believe God is so good that you're willing to put your life on it, you want to go to heaven and walk around heaven all day. Why do you want what God doesn't want you to have? Why do you want a relationship, an identity, a job, a city? Yes. Why do Why? you want Why? what God doesn't want you to have? Mm -hmm. That is, I'm going to tell you why. The devil, because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy from you. He wants you to lust mm -hmm. after what God doesn't want you to have. It's exactly what the enemy did to Eve. Mm -hmm. God said to her, you can have everything in this garden. And God and the enemy got Eve fixated on the thing God said, don't touch. And eventually she touched mm -hmm. it. And the touch brought the destruction. Anytime you desire something that is against the will of God, know that the job of that thing is your destruction. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Anything, and, and one of the things, Everybody say, praise God for mercy. Praise God for mercy. Thank the Lord that we're not immediately destroyed mm -hmm. from most of the things we touch that we shouldn't touch. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. But the deception for many people is that you think you got away from the consequences because it was fun to begin with, because it was sweet to begin with. I'm telling you, when the enemy presents something to you, that is against the will of God. It is for your destruction. It is. It's for your destruction. Because every word of God is for your protection and your, and your prosperity, mm -hmm. your provision. Mm -hmm. God wants you to prosper. Mm -hmm. That is why we got to grow up. And I want you by faith to say this. I don't want anything or anybody. It's 78 of y'all. 
I don't want anything or anybody God does not want me to have. Mm -hmm. I want you to get that so big in your heart. I don't want anything or anybody God doesn't want me to have. I don't want a city. I don't want a car. I don't want a relationship. I don't want a friendship. I don't want a dress. I don't want a book. I don't want anything or anybody God doesn't want me to have. Mm -hmm. And if I make that my foundation early on, it's more difficult for me to be tempted. It is. It's more difficult it for is. me to be tempted. I don't want the bunny any kind of way. I don't want the relationship any kind of way. I don't want the city any kind of way. I want what God wants me to have, which leads us right into number four, mm -hmm. which is what? You got to do what? You have to radically obey the word of God. You got to radically you obey. You have to word. radically obey the word of God. The Bible tells us in James chapter one, verse 22, that we must be doers of the word. We cannot just be hearers only. We must be absolute doers of the word. What does it mean to be a doer of the word? It means that when I hear word from God, I got to have some corresponding action to that. I got to make sure that I am, I have to make sure that I'm making sure I am being a doer of God's word. If God's word tells me to speak the word, then when something negative happens or even if something positive going on, I can't keep my mouth closed. I have to be doing what the word of God says. We must understand that obedience is simply an expression of our faith. When I obey God, I am not just doing something out of obligation. It becomes an expression of my faith, an expression of my trust in God's wisdom and guidance. Abraham serves as a great example of radical obedience. We look at this in Genesis uh, chapter 12, one through four. It's not in the notes, but you go back and read it. The Bible says that God came to him and told him to leave his country. He says, I want you to leave and I want you to go to a land. Watch this, that I will show you. Not that I, I he didn't say, I want you to go here and set up. He said, go to a place that, that I, I will, will show you. you. And the Bible says that Abraham obeyed God without hesitation. That's that radical, quick to do obedience that we're talking about. And that his obedience to God in that situation positioned him to receive the promises that God had for him. You got to ask yourself, what am I doing that's hindering me from receiving the promises that God has promised? Because God is faithful. And he is. God is faithful to his word. In, in fact, the 81 of y'all that's on here can go ahead and say that God is faithful. God and he three, is. Three words. God is faithful. God is faithful. Dot, dot, dot. And he is. And he is. God is faithful. And so if God is faithful to his word and I've received his word and I don't yet see the promise, ask yourself, Is and it may not be anything, but is there? Is there anything I'm doing that's hindering me from receiving this promise because I know the issue ain't with God? It's the thing that I tell people all the time. Don't talk to me about what God ain't done. God is faithful. God, God, is, God faithful. is faithful and is. And because God is faithful, if you haven't seen it yet, it ain't time for you to see it yet. There must be, there's something either on the line or it's just not time. But my question is never, God, why you? It's always, yo, strict. What's it, what, what are you, what's in you? Have you been? Have you have you obeyed God correctly? Have you obeyed God expeditiously? Have you obeyed God in a manner that is conducive to what God instructed you to do without you diluting it? Have you obeyed God with fidelity? Those are the questions I ask myself because it's never God. It's never God. It's never God, but it could be me. It's never God, but it could be me. Now I want to say this because what do young people say? If anybody sus, ain't that what the young people say? I don't sus? know, but no, I don't know they about say, that. Don't be trying to say young people stuff if you don't young, know what it means. 
if it's somebody <laughs> sus, it's you. Amen. But I do know the old word suspect. Okay. If somebody okay. suspect, okay. it's all you. Right. All right. All right. If somebody suspect, it's me. Amen. It's never God, but it could be me. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, they say, yes, it's us. Mm -hmm. Listen, the reality of it is, is that when I'm not putting the word first place, when I'm not radically obeying the word, when I'm not speaking the word, when I'm not doing those things, then what ends up happening is that I look back and let the enemy make me accuse God. Mm -hmm. Now I say, I'm in this situation. Uh, here's a good example. How dumb is that? And I'm just trying to be, I'm not, and I know you don't, I, how dumb is that that you would accuse perfection of not being perfect? <laughs> how dumb is that? If, you, if, it's, if, it, if, if somebody got to make a mistake and it's you and God, you know who it was. 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 <laughs> you know you who know it was. was. And I want y'all to think about this. Like, let me tell you something, because women say this to me a lot. Women will say to me, you, you spent five years in a relationship with somebody you never should have been in a relationship with, right? And the truth of it is, is that a lot of women um, come into celibacy not to honor God, but as a prize for a husband. So mm. you 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 not really celibate because you want to honor God with your body. You're celibate because you think that's gonna get you a mate. And then you say, I've been celibate for a year or two years or even five years, and I don't understand why God hasn't brought me a man. It never occurs to them that maybe the man you were supposed to meet, you met you, you that man you were supposed to meet five years ago when you was in the wrong relationship, right? And so you're still blaming God. As though God kept something from you. There will literally be, if there is any delay in my life, it is the devil or it is Sean Strickland. Or a combination thereof. Or a combination thereof. You when you say, I should have been a millionaire by now. But what about all the things God told you to do that you didn't do? What, what about, about your character? What well, about, what about you, your character? <laughs> what about your character? You what if God yeah. had done what he promised, but you ain't developed your character? You ain't stopped that secret scene in your life. You ain't learned to slow down your mouth. You ain't learned to stop being sneaky. You still cheating on your taxes at $100,000. What would you do at a million? You, you ain't took care of those other things that need to be taken care of for God to bring you into the place where you're supposed to be. Stop asking God why he ain't done his part and figure out what it is you could be doing better there was a situation um in our neighborhood where um a young girl got a car and um she got a car on a saturday and by sunday she had run over our neighbor's mailbox and if in our neighborhood we have brick mailboxes and it was the prime example of somebody getting something before they had capacity to manage mm -hmm. the thing that mm -hmm. they got mm-hmm so this, this car looks like a blessing, except she doesn't have the skill set to manage it. So she literally only enjoys the car for one day and incurs more expense. And trauma. And trauma. Because when she hit that mailbox, she was going fast enough that the airbags deployed on our street. And, and, it, and it ripped through the car and the oil and it, all the fluids came out the engine. And absolutely destroyed. And here's what happens. So many times we want the thing. And we don't want the God development. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? I want the thing, but I don't want the God development. I, I don't want God to work out my character. I just want God to give me the money. I, I, I just want to be a leader in my company, but I don't want God to talk to me about how I treat people. You used to say years ago, and I think it is so blessed and anchored our life. I still say it. You, but you used to say it all the time yep. years ago. Lord, don't, don't let take me nowhere that my character, that my character cannot, cannot keep me. Do not please, Lord. Don't I don't take me whatever you gotta do. Don't let me go nowhere that my character can't keep me. Because the last, because you can work for 15 years to build a reputation and tear that thing down in the afternoon. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. I want the, that's why the Bible tells us in Matthew 6. I mean, yeah, Matthew 6. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because the Bible tells us in James that the trying of our faith is going to work patience. It's going to work consistency in our character. I cannot tell you how many times I, I was talking to some of the women in Soul Shift about this. I was saying, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a chance to talk to somebody's husband or, or kids and they tell me that's not how you live at home. Mm -hmm. They tell you, you real good at blessed and highly favored in the public, but you still cuss people out at home. You still give people the silent treatment at home. You still keep up record of wrong at home. And I'm telling you, if we're going to live these faith foundations, we have to let God develop our character. And one of the things that radical obedience will do is develop my character. That's the connection to that. When I am radically obedient to God, it will develop my character. Like yep. Radical obedience to God will develop my character. I will want to curse you out, but I will not because I'm radically obeying God. I will want to not put the stuff back in the store, but I will not because I am radically obeying mm -hmm. God. I will pay my taxes. I will tip well. I will live with honor. I will forgive you because I am radically obeying God. Sean will not always feel like it, but my commitment to radically obeying God is character development. Put that in the comments. Radical obedience equals faith and character development. Yeah. And that's why the Bible says in Isaiah 119 that if you are willing and obedient and so, obedient. so so what i have to learn to do is that yes i don't always feel like doing the right thing but i'm reminded of this promise and god's word is what anchors my soul right that's where i make the decision to cuss you out or not not in my spirit in my soul and so my soul says remember the promise what is the promise that if i'm both willing and obedient i will eat the good of the land so while i'd rather cuss you out i'd rather experience god's goodness so I suppress the part of me that wants to do that. And I let the part of me, my spirit man, who's full of God's word, be stronger in that situation. And I close my mouth and I give you the tongue lashing that you may deserve because the reality of it is, is I deserve to live better uh, by, by being willing and obedient, right? Because faith expressed by obedience gives us access to the good land. I want to read this and you can say this. First Samuel 15, 22. First Samuel 15, 22 says, has the Lord... As great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Remember, we talked about hearing God. He then says, behold, to obey is but better, better than, than sacrifice. sacrifice. And to listen, 
than the fat of rams. He says, listen, it is better for you to obey God than to do your own thing and then try to be like, well, God, I give you this instead. Radical obedience is a part of loosening your faith so that the power of God can work on your behalf. I want you to stop and be self-reflective. We got one more. And then if you have any questions, you can ask. I want you to stop and be reflective. Can anybody think of a time where you could really see the hand of God and the progress of God in your life and you ended up in a stupid argument or offended with somebody? You need to understand that the enemy knows that offense, unforgiveness, and bad character will slow down what God is trying to do in your life. And one of the decisions that I made is this, is that I am committed to living a good life, so there is nothing that you are doing that I'm worth giving it up, that's worth giving it up for. Can you see, man, your business was going really good. Your work was going really good. Your marriage was going really good. And somebody said something about you. It may not have even had anything to do. Somebody didn't pay you the money back. Somebody made a comment about you. And then what you did was instead of sticking to radical obedience, you got caught in the mud with them. And then you looked around and you noticed your harvest stopped coming in. You got an offer. You was you were sowing and receiving every day. And then you got got an offense with your husband. You got an offense with your kids. You got an offense at work. And the enemy used that to slow down what God was doing in your life. Tell your neighbor, Miss Seeley, don't do it. Don't do it, Miss Seeley. Don't, don't do, do it, it. Miss Seeley. Don't do it. Don't do it. And radical obedience, it will not only develop, it will develop our faith and our character. Mm -hmm. Then the last thing we want to do all the time is we praise God for the victory. And you praise him when you pray for it. Not after you have seen it manifest in your life. You pray God, you praise God for the victory. Amen. First Corinthians 15 and 57 reminds us that we are to do what? It says, but thanks, thanks be, be to God, God, which giveth Glory. us the victory. How? Through our, our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. That's where the Thank victory you, comes Lord. from. If we got Jesus, we got victory. I got Jesus. I, you got the victory right now. I got the victory right now. Over what? Everything that everything. comes your way? Over everything. Everything. I Everything. like it. I like it. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises praise. shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because I know that whatever I am facing, God has already worked that thing out. He's already worked it out in my behalf. Our choice to walk by faith gives us the victory over life and allows us to pull the reality that God has declared for us into our daily lives. We got the victory today. What victory do you need in your life today? Then pull it in by faith. Pull it in by faith. Pull it in by faith. It's already Believe done. you receive it. Already it's done. It's already done. Already. Already. already done. It's already done. Mm -hmm. Psalms 104, it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come, Come into, into his, his presence, presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is, it he. is he that has made us and not, and not we ourselves. Mm -hmm. we, we are his people, people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Now, Let it's 77 of y'all on here. Y'all to be giving some hearts and some fire. Let's just take a, a 10 second, no, 13 second. We ain't going to delete it. 13 second 13 praise. Second break. praise. And you just give some heart and some fire for all you know that God has done and will do for you.
Praise the Lord. And and when we let me let me say this: when we practice this, it's difficult to get in the offense. Mm -hmm. When we practice this, it's difficult not to be grateful. Mm -hmm. When it's when we practice this, it's difficult to be a gossip. Why? Because I really only want to talk about what God is doing. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about his goodness. I want to talk about what he's doing in my life. I want to talk about what he's doing in your life. I want to talk about your increase. I want to talk about your kids being saved and living for the Lord. I want to talk about your, your promotion that's coming. I want to talk about, man, listen, I was talking to, I'm going to tell y'all two stories. If you have any questions, put them in the comments. I was talking to somebody and in January, in December of 21, She's in inner circle and, and we were in a um, we were in our gathering and I told her that the Lord said she was going to be promoted and 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 more and more words kept coming. But one of the words was that no matter what they did, she needed to manage her TFC. Mm. She needed to manage her TFC. They don't know what that is. Tell them what TFC is. It's your thinking, feeling cycle. Mm -hmm. Because managing your thinking, feeling cycle will help you walk by faith. Mm -hmm. The reason some of you struggle with faith, ain't nothing wrong with your faith. Your soul is undisciplined. Mm -hmm. Your mind is undisciplined. Mm -hmm. Your mouth is undisciplined. But if you get that TFC under control, then walking by faith becomes an easy thing. Absolutely. Because you believe God, but you can manage your thinking, feeling cycle. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she had to do this event and she had a lot of pushback to people who were supposed to help her, didn't help her, all of this different stuff. She ends up talking to somebody after this thing that finds out that she is now, her name has now been brought up as the people going into this, um, what the executive level leadership mm -hmm. into VP training. That means she's now on a path. You know what they watch? They watched all the time she didn't go off. Mm -hmm. They watched all the time that she still showed up with excellence in the midst of adversity. So the promises of God are not automatic. The commitment she had to do was she had to believe that God had a promotion for her and she had to commit to obey God even when it was difficult. Mm -hmm. She was like, Pastor Sean, it is not like I did not have opportunities to cuss them out justifiably. Oh, absolutely. It was justifiable. Mm -hmm. The truth of it is, is that many of us believe that justification justifies coming out of faith My God. because they deserve it that it, it i'm not telling you i'm not coming out of faith i'm not coming i'm not coming out of faith the reward is too great yep. for staying in faith I'm not i don't care if faith. i gotta cry i don't care if i gotta lock myself in the bathroom i don't care if i gotta drive around town all day i am not coming out of faith Amen. and i was listening to a scripture last night and it says and i'm not worried about you and do you know why i'm not worried about you because deuteronomy 28 tells me that when i honor god you will come at me one way but you will flee from me seven ways i don't have time to respond to you god is gonna handle you if you don't manage me well that's between you and god that don't have nothing to do with me me obeying god that's between me and god amen Amen. Now, if Amen. you have any questions, put them in the comment. But I want to tell y'all a cute Canaan story. Listen, y'all know Canaan is down here in this architecture program. And um, she's been down there for two weeks. She's doing some amazing work, figuring out whether architecture is the plan of God for her life. Some or tough not. work. Some <laughs> tough work. Some tough work. But I really love how she's grown and developed just in these few weeks. So yesterday, day before yesterday, me, her, and Stricker on FaceTime. And he says to her, have you? What'd you say to her? Well, she had sent me a message earlier when I was helping the boys move into their new place. She was like, hey, can you send me some money? We have a trip to go into the mall. And I said, well, I'm busy right now. 
just go and buy what you want. I'll put the money back in your account. I never heard back from her, so I didn't know if they went to the mall or not. And so when we were on the phone, I said to her, I said, hey, did you ever go shopping? If so, tell me the, what it will cost, and I'll, I'll put it back in your account. That girl said, no, I decided I'm going to wait on you to get here. Baby, I said, if Canaan don't know what it means to walk by faith and stick with her daddy, he was like, you ain't got to wait on me. She was like, no, I'm going to wait on you. I, I think we should do it together, is what she said. We should do it together. This girl understands so much about walking by faith. Because it wasn't really about us doing it together. Maybe that was some of it. But the reality of it is she knew that if she went shopping, she would spend her own money. And while I would give her that money back, she saw that as, she saw her account as being limited. <laughs> now, for whatever reason, <laughs> she sees if I'm with her, my account being unlimited. So what she is planning on doing is trying to get me down to Miami on a day that she has nothing to do so we can spend all day in a mall. I know what she's trying to do to me. I know what she's trying to convince me of. That's why she says, no, it's cool. I didn't want to go with them. I'm going to wait and go with you. But let's talk about what's going to happen, though. What's going to happen? We're probably going to go to the mall. Ain't no problem about it, y'all. <laughs> we probably going to go to the mall. Chris just put it in there. This is what everybody needs to understand. There is a limit without my Abba. There is a limit without my... Come on, well, I told you. I told you. I know what's going to happen. Tim, what's going to happen? I know what's going to happen. And I, and, and it's, I, I know what's going to happen. We're going to go somewhere, and she's going to say... Which one do you like? Do you like this one or do you like this one? And I'll say something like, oh, I don't know. I don't really like that one. That one looks good on you. Or what about this one? Like, well, they both look good on you. And she'll say, well, I really like this one. I would like them both, but but I understand if you can't get them both, I'll just take one of these. And then what's going on? I'm going to say, baby, go on and get them both. And she's going to say, oh, you the best, daddy. I just love you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm going to go, well, you can't have a dress if you don't have no shoes to go with it. And then we're going to go somewhere and look for you some shoes. Because then you about to start adding stuff, right? <laughs> and then you don't have no shoes and you're going to have to get some, some earrings or something. How do, you, do you like these earrings? Well, I like this pair, Daddy, but this one looked good too. I can wear this one when I when I go to homecoming. I can wear this one to the football game. Well, then you might as well go and get both of them. But, oh, Daddy, you so sweet. I know what she's going to do to me. I know what she's going to do to me. But the reality of it is I want to be good to her. I want to be good to all of my kids. God wants to be good to us. But you know what? Sometimes proximity produces more provision. No, no, no. No, no. Lean in. Say it again. Proximity again. produces more provision. So there are kids in the house of God. Yes. Who you don't have the same provision because you want to be independent. You don't have proximity to your father. You don't have proximity Not to your father. Not because you don't, but because you won't. Not because you don't, but because you won't. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me the other day. He said to me, he said, it is a lie from the pit of hell that you would believe that you have more desire and more capacity to be good to your kids than I do to be good mm -hmm. to you. Some of you need to get delivered in this moment. I want you to think about those of you who are parents, the things that you have done to be a blessing to for your kids. Yes. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the times that you have put yourself in a deficit or a sacrifice 
to be a blessing to your kids. If you've ever done that, let me see a seven. If you have ever done that, let me see a seven. If you, 77 have, if you have ever <laughs> said, I will wait on this to do this for my kid. If you have ever said, I, if, if you have ever made adjustments for your kid, if you've ever done it, let me see a seven. And I want you to ask yourself. Right, Kim, 77. 77. <laughs> right. <Scott>. right. <laughs> exactly. How many times is the question? And I want you to honestly ask. Let me ask you a question. Have your kids been perfect? No. Have your kids done everything that they were supposed to do? Nope. Have your kids always even been appreciative of the sacrifices that you made? Nope. And how many of you did it anyway? Yeah. And how many of you, a simple, I'm sorry, a simple, mama, I need your help. Daddy, I need your help. You done, as my grandma say, nobody make you lie more than your kids. You done said, I ain't going to do it no more, but you did it again. Let mm -hmm. me see a seven. If you said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, I, I'm not going to do it anymore, but you found yourself doing it again. Let me see a seven if you've done that. Now, I want to ask you, what lying demon from hell convinced you that you were a better parent that than God? That your heavenly father what was not demon? as good or better parent than you. Let me, I want to know what lying demon convinced you that you are a better parent. Because really, that's what many believers believe. You believe you are a better parent than God. You believe that your kids can mess up and you will still help them. You believe that your kids cannot do everything right and you will still help them. You believe that you will come in and make the difference when they didn't go all the way, but you think God got you out here doing everything by yourself. Do you understand you have believed a lot? How many times have you said to your kid, your kid said, I want some so-and-so shoes. You say, if you get half of the money, I'll pay the other half. And now, if, if, if you will make up the half for them, you don't think God will make up the whole for you? Can you imagine how you could live if you stop believing the lies? Because God doesn't have any limits. Heck, and most of the time when we told our kids if they'll save up for half or something, when they save up to half, we go ahead and buy the whole thing. We just wanted them to have, we just wanted them to be able to put some effort into what they said they wanted. God says, you know what? You say you show me, show me your faith. Show me your faith. I want to give this to you. I just need to see your faith. And there are even some of you now that at the beginning, God asked for a sacrificial seed and you didn't sow it because you think you are a better parent mm. than your daddy. Mm. There are those of you, you wanted to come to the huddle. You've never taken a good vacation. You're, you want a new car. You want a new house. But you really do believe. And this is the kind of truth people have to get to to be free. That you really do believe that God won't make sacrifices for you that you would make for your kids. Come on. Now, who just need to repent? Like, who just God, Think about you think you would make more sacrifices for your kid than God would make for his kid. This is why Romans 8 and 32 tells us, he that offered up his own son, how shall he not freely, freely. with him give? You have given your, you, you had all things. all things. You had limits, but you gave your kids the best you had. I repent too. But I you repent. don't believe God would give you his best. I, I repent. You don't believe, come on, I feel God wanting to do something in this place. You, you, 
you think of the sacrifices that you have made for your kids, the times you've stayed up, the times you prayed over them, the times you cried over them, the times you've done that. And, 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 and then some of you need to repent because you didn't think God would help you with your kids. You thought it had to all be on you. And so you downsized your life because you like, this is what I got to do for my kids. Who told you that lie? Mm. That I got to do without this for my kids. Who told you that lie? Who told you that my lie? Goodness. Lord, we repent. Yes. We repent for the utter arrogance for thinking that we would be better to our kids than you would be to our yeah. to us. We it is utter arrogance and deception that we would believe that we would go to the end of the earth for our kids and that you would live in a place where the streets are gold and you would not help us. And think about how pe what, what people do for their kids. They drive them and fly them all across the country for competitions, for, uh, for, for recitals, the, for, for, for games, for performances. We, we, we spend money. We inconvenience our lives. We, 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 we sit in, in auditoriums and gyms camps. and kids. Camps and, and, and just, camps. I mean, we do all kind of things for our kids and we make it work. And think about it. Even though it's the sacrifice, we get joy when we do it. We get joy when we do it. What God does for us isn't a sacrifice in, in this sense. Yes. He already sacrificed Jesus. Yes. He gave us the most precious thing the world had. And then the Bible says in that scripture you just had, it says, how would he not freely give us and him and him? All things. So he didn't just like use Jesus as a pawn. He used Jesus to get us in covenant with Jesus so that we could have all things. Read the text. He who did not spare his own son. Mm -hmm. But gave, gave him, him up, up for who? us all. Uh -huh. How will he not also, also alone with him graciously give us all things? So if you think about it, he lit, God literally says, you and Jesus have the same thing, the same inheritance. Everything that Jesus says, you have. Well, I, and, and Jesus says, I want you to have it because I'm going to go back with daddy. I'm going, I'm, I'm, going back, I'm, I'm going back to the father, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit so that you know that the you things have that us. have been freely given to you is what First Corinthians yes, said. Yes, now and then yes, First, yes, Peter, First yes. Peter or Second Peter yes. tells us because I've already given you all things that pertain to, to God, life, life, to life and, and godliness. And the challenge for many of us, and see, we really set we 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 overload <laughs> a little bit, but for everybody yeah, who's staying, yeah, I believe you're getting yeah, blessed. Yeah. Listen, you're being set up for next week. For next week, yeah. you're being set up for yeah, next week. Yeah. Because you need, you need to hold this energy. <laughs> because the reality of it is, is that many of us have believed lies about God. Mm -hmm. And this is what the Lord has been saying to me for years. It's why I get so much joy out of watch, watching Canaan. The Lord was like, I'll do for you like he do for Canaan. Mm -hmm. I'll do for you like he do for Canaan. And it was so interesting because me and Jordan, I, I laughed about this. I was like, if you know me, you know, if it's one kid that hardly ever aggravate me it is jordan strictly but on monday i was taking jordan to her class and many of you relate to jordan and and you need to shift this um we, i was taking jordan to her class and i was asking her um how did she feel when she saw the scholarship presentation mm -hmm. and she said i i thought it was nice and i was so happy for everybody but i was shocked that i got a scholarship Wait, what do you mean you were shocked? 
that you got a scholarship? And she was like, well, I just would never ask for anything that big. Y'all, I started getting hot on the inside. I'm like, what do you, what do you, like, help me understand. And she was just like, well, $10,000 is a lot of money. And I just, I wouldn't ask anybody to give me $10,000. Baby, at this point, I am smoking hot. I'm like, are you a partner at FOC? Yes. Do you go to do you go to ignite? Yes. Do you tithe? Yes. So this is for partners. Why don't you think you qualify? Mm -hmm. This is for children of the king. Why don't you think you qualify? And she said, it's just too much. And I didn't think that anybody would give me something like that. Ooh. I said, Jordan, that's a spirit of poverty that's held in place by a lie. I said, and I don't know where you got it from, but you have accepted a lie. Yeah. I said, the reality of it is, is that if it's any kids in Fellowship of Champions that deserve scholarships, it's the ministry leaders, the Marlowe kids, the Valley kids, the people who go all in, the Strickland kids. How in the world do you think we would give to strangers and exclude you? How do you believe that God would raise you up to help others and exclude you? Why do you believe that God would take seed from you and exclude you? Why do you think that God would give other people the best and exclude you? And it was evidence that you can be in the house with the same access and not have the same benefit. Because you disqualify yourself. Because you disqualify yourself. Yeah. Now, one of the things I really love about an autistic brain is that it's real matter of fact. Yeah. And it, 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 it can reprogram very fast. It can fast. real program real fast. And she went, really? That's what you think? And then I talked to her about the idea that you couldn't, I showed her the, prof, the prophetic word. And I was like, do you understand that you can't ask God for enough stuff that would bankrupt him? And I could see the wheels turning. She was like, you're right. She said, so $10,000 isn't a lot of money. I said, 10 million, 100 million is not a lot of money when we're talking about God. And for her, it like clicked. And it was in that moment that she realized, oh, wait, I, I, I don't have to worry about like what's too much. Like, like I can't ask God for enough that's going to bankrupt him as long as I'm asking in accordance with his will. I cannot. Because even if you ask for something that's outside of his will, he wouldn't bankrupt. It wouldn't bankrupt him. It, it just ain't for it you. It just ain't for you. It wouldn't bankrupt him. And and some of you, you think that you got to make a trade. You think that you can only live, that, that you got to trade righteousness for wealth. Or if you get healing, you can't get debt freedom. Or if you get debt freedom, you can't get off the medicine, right? We, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, mm -hmm. all things. So we just want to pray, Father, we repent for having the wrong perception toward you yep. and having the wrong perception toward ourselves. We repent for any time that we thought we had to grind and hustle to get it. We repent for any time that we lied and thought that and said that we didn't want it. We repent for any time that we exalted the thing above you. We just repent for being out of order in the family. Mm -hmm. And we ask you to teach us to live as righteous, holy, 
prosperous, wealthy, healthy, favored, protected people. Teach us to live as your kids, living a life that honors you, living a life that blesses you, and living a life that allows you to be good to us. And we believe we receive it in Jesus' in name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And tell your neighbor, and don't let disobedience disqualify you. Mm -hmm. Don't stop God from being good to you for being disobedient. Amen. Now, listen, you may want to rededicate your life again. Does anybody have any questions about this faith teaching? We got something hot off the press coming for y'all next week, baby. Listen, it's going to be hot. And um, and, and you need to come up with your notebook and you need to get ready. And we're going to tell you already it's going to stretch you mm -hmm. because it is a supernatural word. You need to go back over these lessons you need to you need to get these definitions in your heart. You need to give to the scholarship you fund. You need to give to come the scholarship on, Come fund. on, come on. But baby, tell you, we just going higher and higher and higher and higher. Because next week, baby, next week we bring in supernatural heat. And to those of you who will receive it, you are going to see God do radically amazing supernatural things in your life. Now, if you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to give to the scholarship fund, you want to be a partner of FOC, you can do all of those things. You want to rededicate your life. I feel like there's some people you want to rededicate your life because you're like, man, I've been out here tripping. I've been living like the prodigal. If you want to rededicate, just put a four in the comments, a four. I'm turning. I'm running back to the will of God. I'm obeying God. I'm going to do what pleases the Lord. I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in, in the, the land, land of, of the living. living. Amen. Amen. Now it's your opportunity to give. We said at the beginning that there were those of you that God wanted you to give a sacrificial seed. We did not give you an amount because that is not our job to tell you. It is your job to ask God and to give the seed. We said that if you did not have the entire amount of the seed today to give your best gift toward that seed and say, be it unto me according to thy will. We want to knock out another scholarship today. We can do Ten, it. That, we, we can do it. We can do it. $10,000. We can get to 40K is, by the we end can get of to 40K by, 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 by 11 59 tonight. We can. Let's go. So we want you to give. Remember this. Your tithe does not belong to a scholarship fund. Your tithe belongs to the Lord. Your scholarship fund offering, it is an offering. It is a sacrifice. And it is for the future. We love you guys. We bless you. I promise you want to be here next Sunday. Oh, I promise you. Don't they want to be here next Sunday? You do want to be here next you Sunday. You want to be here next Sunday. You, baby, you want to you want to be here on time next Sunday. Because next Sunday, Pastor Evan had to slow me down and say, come back and finish this last thing. Because I was about to jump all the way into next Sunday today. We needed to finish today. Well, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're a good teacher. You needed to finish today. You're a systematic teacher. All right. Four scholarship already done. All right, before we go, does anybody have any questions about this teaching? Do you have any questions? Now is the time to ask. We know it takes a 12 second delay, so we're gonna give you a chance if you have any questions about any of the last teachings. We love you too, Don. Uh -huh. We love you too, Etoy. I love my church too. I love my church too. I do. This church is for signs and wonders. Ooh, baby, next week. I don't usually rush time, but I can't wait till Sunday. 
I'm gonna hold my mule too. I ain't gonna talk about any strategies for success. No, I'm, I'm, I'm no, listen, you will. I'm not. You watch to <laughs> see. I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna oh, hold you it. You say so. All right. So there are no questions. All right. Sow your seed. Believe God. Do the things we told you to do, and let's get ready to grow. All right. We love y'all so much. Have a great day. Great day.